Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Hello, the uh, topic for today's discussion is, can we do this on our own? So, so what do you mean by that, Dallas? Uh, I actually wanted to, to quickly discuss this because it's one that we see a lot of, um, generally after our first appointment. Uh, in some cases, the, the discussions we have around uh, in that first appointment are generally the bigger picture of, okay, we need, to, we need to get you guys making these contributions to suit or we need to change this investment strategy would be a super fund or roll over to a different fund. Uh, you know, we need to be making these repayments of your home loan. This is what we need to be freeing up in cash flow every year. So generally that first first appointment is, is fairly uh, bigger picture. And at the end of that appointment, generally we provide people with a quote as to what our fees would be to, to help them with that. And we often get asked, you know, could we potentially do this on our own? Do we, do we need to engage you guys or can we do it? So in many cases, uh, I guess before we start, in many cases we, we do actually um, point people in the right direction and send them on their way. Um, if, if someone's situation is very simple, there isn't a huge amount of value that we can add or we don't feel that the, the value that we can add is going to be um, more than the fees that we would have to charge to, to, to work with that person we would just send them on their own and try and point in the right direction of things that they need to go and do. But it does happen sometimes that obviously different people value different things. And so we may have um, two lots of clients that, that come in that we propose to do the same work for and charge the same fee. Some people will see a lot of value in it, some people won't. And so what we, what we really don't like to see is uh, people leave thinking that they're going to do it on their own or that they're going to try and do this, make these changes on their own and either A, not do anything, uh, which is the most common one, or B, they try and do it on their own and uh, get something wrong and it ends up costing them a substantial amount in missed returns or extra taxation, all that kind of thing. So I thought it might be an interesting one to, uh, for Michael and I to go through uh, a list of some of the traits that we see of which people are more likely to be able to handle their own uh, financial planning and which people are less likely. So before I get started, obviously, I'll just point out the, the elephant in the room here, which is that obviously we are biased with this. We, we are financial planners. We get paid to work with people on an ongoing basis. So our incentive is, is um, you know, we see that our, our fees of value to most people or to many people that are in our sort of target market. Um, but I think that we can sort of take a step back and be objective here about this and look at who probably needs our help the most and who needs it the least. So, um, Michael, I guess, are there any traits that you can sort of think of off the top of your head of uh, people who are least likely to be able to handle their own financial plan or their own retirement plan? Um, yeah, there's quite a few. So there are there are people 
we talk a lot about people that are experts in their own field as, as common clients yeah. um, for ours because um, you know, generally those people are time poor yeah. so they, they, uh, because they are a master or an expert in, in what they get paid for um, they're time poor uh, they actually don't want to dedicate the time yeah. to do this so that's, that's another good point they, they actually don't want to dedicate the time to learn yeah. a new trade and and that's I guess the uh, a part of that with the, the time component is we were speaking about this just before is that it's not just a, uh, a matter of the time to do the research initially and, mm. and work out how to uh, all these uh, different things working together it, it's an ongoing uh, process of education and like you say for, for people that have the time um, and are willing to do that and, and keep up to date with all those changes then then they are more likely to be equipped to do that, but for many of our, our clients or people that we see in their 50s, as you say, they're, they're experts in their field, they're normally at sort of their prime uh, prime capacity or prime value that they're adding in their workplace. So they've spent 30 years doing something, they're the expert in that. It's normally, it's normally inefficient, as you say, for them to go and learn another trade, which is effectively um, what retirement planning is there, is to they would be better equipped to, if, if they are time poor, which many of those uh, many of those people are, it's probably not the best use of their time is to go and do the research and, and learn about all those different things. The, the analogy that I'd probably use is if I go back to, uh, for a brief period of time, a long, long, long time ago, I played rugby league professionally and I worked with a nutritionist and we had check-ins every six weeks yeah. with the nutritionist. And I got two main benefits out of that. Now, mind you, I knew what to eat. I knew what I should be eating. Yeah. And, um, and and there was plenty of research and available material on what I should be eating to actually to, to, to be in the right condition. What I really got as a benefit out of that was twofold. One, um, I was given a, a prescription, a strategy. So the nutritionist told me um, to eat these things and if I didn't want to eat anything on that, I could substitute it with one of these other things. So I had you know, a laminated piece of paper yep. that told me, eat this meal plan, eat this meal plan, eat this meal plan, and if you didn't like this, you could substitute it with one of these others. There was, it was all color-coded. That was, a, that was a huge benefit because being time poor, um, it was just really easy to shop for those things. Yep. In addition to that, there's a tremendous value that I got out of needing to check in every six weeks. Now, yeah. every six weeks was on the scales to be weighed yeah. and also um, uh, the skin fold calipers would come <laughs> out, which which don't lie. So they tell you exactly what your body fat percentage is. So um, me knowing that I had to check in, just it just helped keep me, keep me focused. So I was motivated enough, but it's really easy to deviate. Accountability is the word. Accountability. You use a lot Accountability, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, that, that's exactly right. Is that, as you say, there's, there's a, a component of a lot of, a lot of the work that we do with people is, um, like I was saying there, the, the time of doing the research and learning all the new things, there, there's a component of that and that technical knowledge. And then there's also just a component of people knowing what they should do and, and whether they're, whether they're sticking to it and whether they are actually uh, taking those steps and, and you know following the prescription effectively, and that's something that we we try and do um, in our particularly our review appointments with with our clients is to is to have them lead with no more than three things. Okay, here are your 
here are your three things that you need to go and do. Change this loan repayment to this, do this, do this. So anytime we've got more than three things for those people to go and do, we normally need to, to step back in and try and work out what we can do differently there. So that's, a, that's a, another great example there of something where if you're, people who are the least likely to be able to handle it on their own, are, are, I would say that people who have in the past shown that they're not great at um, sticking to t- sticking to a plan or sticking to a budget or uh, something like that. So, yeah. So there's 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 the discipline part that that you know, clients of mine tell me we get tremendous value out of you holding us accountable. Yeah. Um, uh, and and then secondly, there's the strategy part. So um, you, you can I mean the research is available. The material is available for people to to, to do their own research, but. Um, a lot of a lot of the strategy and the, the tax planning, the tax minimisation, all of those types of things that we look at, it it's it's very hard to pick that up by reading the legislation, yeah. and, and and to not get one important, at least one important element of yeah. that correct. So, I mean, to put it into two main things, I, I believe that you know many of our clients see value in in the strategic uh, prescription, if you like. So do this, 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 and this, and, and stick to it because yeah, knowing all that we know, this is gonna be the best diet for you. Yeah. Um, and then the checking in, because because we have very few clients, and there's very few people in, in on this earth that um, can just sit back and let their superannuation fund or their investment strategy do all the heavy lifting for them. So. Yeah. For 97, 98% of people, they need to um, do something. So, and they need to stick to it. So, you know, if you look at- Contributions in the super, those kinds of things. That's, that's correct. I mean, if you, if you break it down 10 years to go before you retire, um, you know, you have, you really only have 260 paychecks if yeah. you get paid on a fortnightly basis. And for most people, they need to, they can't wait until they only have 240 paychecks or 220. They need to make the most of each yeah. of those paychecks. So, yeah. you know, it's our job to keep people accountable and to keep them on track and to, to, to continually bring them back to their goals. So that's an important part of what, what we yeah. do, I believe, is, is to bring people back to, okay, what are we doing this for now? Um, yeah. yeah, this is what, yeah, this is where you want to be in retirement. Yeah. And people get tremendous value out of that, I believe. And, and that's uh, a point also of, of some uh, common thing we see of uh, people who struggle with, with handling their own financial planning is, is basically, you know, aside from the time or the technical knowledge, it's just if people don't enjoy it or don't want to deal with it, what you tend to see is people bury their head in the sand. And so, yeah, that's a great example. If you've got 10 years to go and you get paid for it, you've got 260 paychecks. If you bury your head in the sand for a year, all of a sudden you've got 26 less paychecks. It gets that much harder every year. Mm. And so that's, a, that's, I guess, another category of people that uh, may struggle in their own. If, if you don't enjoy it and you don't want to deal with it, it's going to be very hard to keep motivated, to, to keep on track, to keep having those conversations with your spouse, uh, to keep on track of the legislation, all those sorts of things, if it's not, if it's not your idea of a good time. Now, Obviously, for most people, that isn't their idea of good time, and I understand that we're probably complete weirdos with, with our enjoyment of crunching numbers and you know learning about new different ways to minimise tax and all that kind of thing. 
the you touched on the couples, and, and that triggered my mind for something quite use, uh, something that we hear quite often is that is that couples say to us that we've actually um, been really good in getting them on the same page. Yeah, and it's not it's not often that people it's not often that couples actually sit down and, and talk about their finances, and if they do. Um, look, it's generally just a really, really tiny element of yeah. of their finances. Um, you know, such as what school should we send our children to? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a tiny element because you'll you'll find that there'll be a cost differentiation. So that's that tends to be the the extent of the financial planning conversation. So yeah, so it's, it's one that it's interesting, like you say, it tends to be something that couples often talk about uh, shared expenses or you know, should we buy a new car? Should we? Um, you know, what school should we send our kids to, those sorts of things, they don't tend to talk about shared goals as much. So it's, it's less likely that you have a couple sitting there going, hey, where do we want to be in 10 years' time? Are we on track to be there? What do we need to do? Um, you know, when our goals change or if we're not enjoying work as much, what do we need to do differently? All those kinds of things. That That's less likely to, to have a couple who is, is sitting there on a regular basis and having those discussions. The other thing that my clients tell me is that they really, really value um, knowing that we're across everything always, regardless of legislation changes. So legislation changes are quite common, and they can either be an, a threat or or, or an opportunity. Um, now, the last few years, it's changed significantly. So I mean, people that were receiving uh, a sixteen thousand dollar part age pension. Um, on the 1st of January uh, 2017 yeah. that got halved for yeah. many people to $8,000 because of a, a change to how Centrelink looked at the assets test yeah. um, um, you were able to put only not so long ago $50,000 each into your superannuation fund uh, and claim that as a tax deduction that got cut to $35,000 and then cut again to twenty five thousand dollars. So, so legislation changes all the time, yeah. and it, it's a matter of, of actually being on top of that legislation yeah. and across it, so that you're not disadvantaged and that you can take advantage of opportunities and, as it changes. And that, that's, I guess, a good point is that even in uh, where I have a similar sort of thing, I, I actually had a, a family friend who uh, did some did some work initially getting them set up with a pension account things like that um, and um, they they didn't want ongoing advice it was a fairly simple arrangement and so they said well, we're just happy to we'll keep a track of everything and, and we'll go along as we are and a year later they basically got back in touch with me and, and asked me to to take over as the advisor on that account because they they just weren't uh, confident and comfortable that they were on top of everything that was changing and it, and it was actually something where in that year, nothing had actually changed. They didn't. They didn't have to do anything different. There wasn't any changes that that, that they that had affected them. It was just that every time they they saw a new another headline saying about a change to super or a change to tax, they would they would constantly have to try and run through their situation, understand how this how this new legislation affected them, um, what they needed to do differently, all those kinds of things, and so. They basically they came back a year later and, and sort of said, we want to outsource that worrying to you. We want you to have to, to worry about it and you can, you can stress about it and you can let us know if there's anything that we need to do differently. And 
and that's been a, a great arrangement since then. I, I have a review with those guys once a year for about half an hour and, and pretty much their dream clients um, and they get uh, a lot of value out of that because they just know that anything that comes up, I'm taking, taking care of it from, from our end. Yes, and I, and I mean, um, to be fair, they, they, I imagine these clients are, don't want to be sitting down with you no, that's any more exactly, frequently than that because exactly right. they actually want to live their lives. Yeah. And uh, they just want to know that you're across it. Exactly. Um, you can obviously give them the executive summary yeah. once every 12 months. Or, you know, in some years, it'll be once every yeah. three months because exactly. of the legislation will change and yeah. something in their life will change. That's right. And that, that's happened a couple of times where I've had to proactively contact them and say, hey, yeah. this is what's different. Um, Centrelink has changed their rules. These guys are retired, so it affects them that uh, those sorts of things but yeah that that is something that um, people who are it's not even so much least likely to be able to do things on their own but least willing to do things on their own is that uh, a lot of people get value out of uh, being able to outsource that concern to us and not having to keep a track of how those rules are changing over time uh, that that I guess ties into the another sort of broad category of people that I've seen that that are uh, the least likely to be able to to get things right on their own is, is people with a with a bit of a track record of, of um, making less than ideal decisions in the past, or that in the past have reacted emotionally to things that have happened. And so, it, it's kind of one of those things that we see a lot is that uh, money itself is a very emotional topic, uh, particularly when you're looking at uh, retirement savings. Someone has worked all their life to put this money aside. They only get one chance at it. They, they want to make sure it's right. And if they look back over their last 30, 40 years of working life, they can see situations where they go, well, we probably didn't do the right thing there, or we could have done that differently, or, geez, I wish we would have you know, spoken about that with someone before we jumped in and did that. So that's another a category of people that I see that, that get a lot of value out of working with an advisor, is that they're not, not, uh, not confident that they're going to be able to make the exact right decision every time and they know that they have a limited window generally within 10 years of retirement they can't afford to make any more mistakes and they don't want to make any more mistakes it's interesting because um uh, i'd heard one time that human beings are wired to if they perceive a threat they're wired to to take action yeah and and, and i can understand that um Obviously, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that we do today that um, uh, are born out of when we were in caveman days. So yeah. if a woolly mammoth is charging at you, yeah. of course you want to take action, you want yeah. to move. So yeah. um, generally speaking, though, you know, if a lion's going to chase you, um, the best thing to do, so they tell me, I don't know this out of practice, is to stand still, to yeah. don't run. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with, with financial markets. So when there's a perceived threat, people often think that they need to um, take action. I mean, they can, they, can, they can anecdotally look at 100 years worth of market data and, and realise that you know, the drops are, are temporary and they all recover. But right at that very moment in time, they are compelled to actually take action when the best thing they can be doing is, is just simply doing nothing, just writing it out. I've had it actually. That's a great analogy. Had a very similar situation when 
my father and I went on a, a safari in Africa and we were sitting in the in the, the Jeep and a lioness walked past about a metre beside me. And it was exactly that situation where I knew that the the, the right action was to sit there and not move and don't don't do anything, don't move, don't shift, don't do anything. But I can guarantee that if I wasn't sitting there with the park ranger right next to me telling me not to move at that moment in time, I would have been much more likely to panic, jump out, go and do something crazy because you, you're a metre away from a, from a lioness that, that is on the hunt. So it's, it's exactly that situation where sometimes what you actually need is not just the knowledge of what do I need to do when this happens, but you need someone there with you that you trust and can rely on their advice at that moment in time. It's a great analogy. Yeah. I'm trying to picture this. So wrapped up in... So the park ranger's telling you, don't do anything, don't make a move. Yeah. And inbuilt into that, I imagine you would be thinking, this guy has seen this before. Yeah. A hundred times. Yeah. A thousand times. Yeah. Um, so you, you took yeah. their advice. Exactly. Well, yeah. Um, if it would have been another tourist yes. um, telling you that. Yeah, I would have been grabbing him, throwing him at the line <laughs> and running the other way. But that, yeah. that's exactly right. That, and that's, I think, something where a, a financial advisor that, that you can trust, that you can rely on, is a useful thing for a lot of people. Is not only is it the advice that you're getting at that moment in time, it, it tends to be that it's coming from someone who has seen it before and mm. who has, uh, this is what they do for a job. As we say, this is a trade that they have. They they do this day in day out. They know how to deal with these things. So, you know, we see that in a on a on a smaller scale when clients change jobs, for example, it can be a a, a stressful thing of um, you know someone will ring you saying I've I've you know I've quit this job and I'm moving here. I don't know what to, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? And because we see it day in, day out, it's a very simple, very easy process to, to break down the component parts of, okay, what do we need to do based on those changes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally by the end of that, that phone call, they're much more comfortable about the fact that they're on track. There, there may well have been things that they knew they needed to do, but in a moment of stress or in a, in a moment of high volatility, uh, they're, they're likely to make a, more likely to make a poor decision. So wrapping up, yeah, uh, basically, there's a, there's a as we said, we are biased. We are financial planners. We we get paid to work with people on a going basis. But interesting are, enough, though, I'd like to point out that there's nothing there's nothing less satisfying than, than actually working with people who don't follow our plan. Yeah, they're willing to pay us, but. It's it's not satisfying. So I mean, we, we, we are biased. However, we get tremendous enjoyment out of working with people, yeah, and making a difference in their lives, yeah, um, which requires them to yeah. to make a difference. So I mean, it's it's not that we we want to take on people as clients that we can't add value to at yeah. all. Um, and that, that's a good point. Uh, is that I guess in order of preference, if if people can go and do things on their own and they don't need our don't need our assistance on an ongoing basis. That's even, that's actually, uh, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but that's great for us because that just means that there's more room, more capacity for us to help someone that really needs the help. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, in a perfect world, if you're a, a genius who's happy to do all the research and keep up to date with all this, you've got the, the head for numbers, the understanding of all the legislation, you're not going to react emotionally, you're not going to have uh, issues with your spouse, your um, situation is going to stay very simple um, for, the, for the future without any changes, you know, and you can do it on your own, then that's fantastic. The, the, uh, the other alternative, obviously, is to work with us and, and to have us help you make sure that you're doing everything right and you're getting 100% of the outcomes that you possibly can. As you say, the, the worst outcome of what we see is either A, people who pay us for a period of time but don't listen to our advice and aren't getting those outcomes that they need, which doesn't go on um, for an extended period of time because we normally have a conversation with those people about um, them not being clients anymore. Or alternatively, people who want to try and do it on their own, do try and do it on their own, and either A, don't get it right and, and make mistakes, or B, just don't get all the outcomes and, and don't get 100% of the results they possibly could. So that's, I guess, the key point is that for us, if you're, if you're able to do it all on your own and you think that after this conversation it sounds like you're the type of person that can do it, then that's fantastic and we wish you all the best. But if your concern is that you're not going to be able to get all of those outcomes, that's exactly the sort of person that we like to work with. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.